Hey guys, my name is CJ Finley, and this is the Thrive On Podcast. I started a brand called Thrive On Life to help other mission-based people, brands, and businesses thrive. So if you have a new idea, project, or business that you're working on, and you're feeling a little bit stuck, I'd love to help you or connect you with somebody that can. Today's Monday, Monday Motivation, and the best guy that I could possibly get in Austin is here with me right now for some Monday Motivation, the founder of Live A Great Story, Zach. What up? How you doing today, Zach? I'm great. Doing great. I'm super pumped for this episode because we have a conference coming up where he's trying to bring the most badass people here in Austin together and then basically continue it, that vibe throughout the next year, five years, 10 Forever. years, whatever it may be. So to kick this one off, I'd love to hear a little bit just about your backstory because I don't think a lot of people, even those in the Austin space, know what Liberate Story is or how it even started. I saw you just did a video out for ACL where you're asking people, are they living a great story? And they had no clue your connection to that or what that feels like. So I'd love to just, whatever you want to riff on, just start the story and we'll just go from there. Yeah, so I think the story of Liberate Story kind of started all the way back in the beginning, right? And I think that that's one of the coolest parts is how our story builds on itself. And so, I usually think that it, it goes back to around high school when I started my first company. And Where'd so you go to high school? Austin High. Austin High. So about half, a quarter mile from where that living grace is on the bridge <laughs> is where I went to high school. So uh, my friends actually drove a car across that bridge one night. So, um, but yeah, ever since about high school, I knew I wanted to be an entrepreneur, start something, build something creative, whatever. And pretty much since then, I've just been trying to figure it out. So. Um, that's kind of where it all started and just ideas, wanting to move forward, figure out who I am, what am I doing here on this planet, why am I, what's my why, and, uh, and so it's, it's really just been a lifelong journey of, of trying to figure that out, starting businesses, failing and failing and failing. I think Live A Great Story is about number seven on the list of, of ideas that I've started. So blogs, creative stuff, different things. And so, um, but it all kind of culminated, uh, the, the Live A Great Story part kind of all culminated when I bought a one-way ticket to Europe when I was 22 and traveled for seven months just all around Europe, pretty much all of Europe except for the expensive cities. Um, and Balling on a budget. Yeah, balling on a budget. <laughs> uh, if you want to go travel, you should definitely go travel because travel will change your life um, and it's a lot cheaper and easier than you think. You just got to make the jump. Big thing I highly emphasize because I don't know where I would be right now if I wouldn't have bought that ticket. Uh, but really like the coolest part about that was connecting with people kind of from all over the world, like meeting people from Africa and the Middle East. I met someone from North Korea, you know, all over Far East and, and just like these cool conversations with people from, you know, all different walks of life and backgrounds and, and world beliefs and everything that's different. And so through that, just like, like understanding that even though, you know, growing up in Austin or whatever, it's like we have a world view of things, but that's not how it is. That's just like our worldview or my worldview. And or your parents' worldview. Our and parents' it's just worldview. Like dials yeah. into, yeah, it's yeah. so small minded. And getting outside of that and realizing that like there's not really a right way. Like people live all sorts of different ways. Uh, and so it's really cool to like hear other people's perspectives and understanding that like that's theirs and it's just as true in the grand scheme of it all as yours is. And so um, just like super inspired by people. And I came back and spray painted Live a Great Story on a wall. At the, at the bridge and uh, so for those for the people that don't know out there because I know I have listeners that are from across the US Live a Great Story started he spray painted there's the Mopac Bridge which is a famous trail 
uh, by Zilker Park here in Austin, Texas. And before I even knew Zach, I knew of this sign because I'd run along that path with my wife. Then uh, she, I don't even know if she was my fiance at the time, but we were running, running across this. I saw a live a great story. And then flash forward, when I moved to Austin, I got connected with Zach through Instagram to find out how that actually started. So for those that don't know, it's actually, it started as a spray painted graffiti sign underneath a, a famous bridge here and path. And people just started taking pictures of it. And like, that's like someone, t I spray painted it, didn't even think much about it. And then a couple weeks later, someone just tagged me in a picture on Instagram and they had a hashtag and I clicked on the hashtag and it was like all these pictures had been taken. So you you did what everybody strives to do today, which is virality, and you didn't even really know what you were doing, but what led up to that very moment of spray painting that like walk us through like, where were you working? What were you doing? Like a couple months prior to like, you know what, fuck it, I'm gonna spray paint this sign underneath a bridge. Yeah, I mean, I think it was, I got back from traveling and there was about, I think four months or so that I lived in Austin after traveling and I didn't really know what was next. So I got back and was like kind of just hanging out in the city. I was 23 and I knew the reason I came back from traveling is because I wanted to start something like traveling is fun and it's really easy, but then it just, and it's, it's, it's a, it's a, uh, it's a vacation kind of until it's not because you're just like on the move, but then it becomes real life. And it's like, we are creators, right? And so like we wanna build something and like we have that kind of innate drive. And so after like months and months of traveling, I was writing and making videos and taking photos and stuff, but I knew I wanted to like build something. I actually had started a blog called Take Over Your City because I was traveling so much. And I wanted to like create something that I could help people like show up to a new city and like hit the ground running. It's like, how do you meet people? How do you find the coolest spots, how do you figure out where to live? And so I had done that like over and over across Europe. And so um, I kind of came back thinking I wanted to start a, like a more serious blog or some sort of business around that. Um, but I just, I, I wanted to keep moving. And so really what it turned into was like the, um, one night I went out with a can of red spray paint and so Live Great Story was one of them but I actually spray painted two other things that night. One said, if your life was a book, would anybody read it underneath the train tracks on Caesar? You know, when you're driving under Caesar, there's like the train tracks and there's yeah, like yeah, a yeah. wall. That whole wall, it was like really nice cursive handwriting. It said, if your life was a book, would anybody read it? Inspired by this Nah, nah song that I listened to in fifth grade. So uh, from Stillmatic. And, uh, and then I spray painted another one and said, do you have campfire stories? Kind of along the theme of when I'm a grandparent and my kids and my grandkids are, we're all sitting around a fire. I want to have good stories to tell them. I don't want to have a boring life to look back on. So if your life was booked, anybody read it? Do you have campfire stories and live a great story? And it was really just like momentum. You know, I was like, I need to do something. And, and I kind of had like a little bit of street art background and like stickers and um, stenciling. And so that was just like a way to like, do something, take action. I think that in general, it's like, you can't really mess up if you take intentional action and just like move because then you learn you're, you're like, you're moving and you can adjust on the fly. Well, you build that in, uh, initial inertia and then you get momentum and then the sky's limit or the universe or whatever you set your limit to is yeah. more so rather than where you want to keep going. And that's a lot of entrepreneurs out there when they first get going, they don't know how to even get going where it's like you can literally you do go. anything, just something, some idea, put it out the world, 
you're probably going to get somebody telling you that it's wrong or right or this or that and you just got to keep building off the top of that so you spray paint this live a great story sign people are, are hashtagging it then when did it turn into holy shit this might actually be something that it took about a i want to like pursue well it took about a year to like even realize that it was something so i spray painted that one and then a couple months later moved to san diego didn't know anybody no job no friends nothing start from scratch because i knew i just wanted to keep going keep pushing my comfort zone keep learning and so i somehow picked san diego and showed up and it was a really hard move because of all those reasons and yeah. like it's really hard to like build momentum but it was kind of that take over your city idea right i wanted to like show up somewhere and be able to like hit the ground running and so it was for sure a practice in that and so well um, you wanted to prove and this is another thing like you wanted to prove like if you're going to create a take over your city blog like you have to prove that you can actually do it before you can tell other people how to do it so that that innate calling of yours again with that is just showing that for those that don't know out there zach lives the lives the fucking entrepreneurial path like he sticks with it and and it's something that i've always looked up to you for and even the story is just proving that that even when you were starting this blog instead of just writing because there's so many people out there that just write a blog and then the blog is just about stories of other people or what they're doing but you like want to live in that the thick of it and do the thing even though it's hard so when you get there it's it's hard and you probably knew it was going to be hard what transitioned in your mind to then think like okay this isn't going to be the rest of my path because I don't even know this part of the story. I knew you yeah. lived in San Diego for a little bit, but I don't really know what brought you back. Yeah, well, so I got a really terrible, like, uh, door guy checking IDs job at a, at a bar in San Diego. It was horrible. <laughs> it was like, I've had two really bad jobs. What was the name life. of the bar? Uh, Play Provisions. <laughs> but it's actually a badass bar. Like, it was a really cool bar, but that, like, entry-level position was terrible. And I was just checking IDs every night for, for, for like you know, six or seven hours standing at the door. You're like the gateway to fun and everybody yeah. hates you and no one wants to talk to you. It's it's a horrible thing. Um, and so, but but I was still like looking for another job. I wanted like an agency job. I wanted to get into marketing or, or you know, some sort of advertising or something. Um, and so, but and so I was like applying to other jobs, working at this shitty job and it was really hard. And so th at that point I spray painted Live a Great Story again in San Diego. So like it's at Cortez Hill, it's like on the north side of downtown. It's like a major thoroughway, like into the city, in and out of the city. And I spray painted it about 10 feet on another wall and people started taking pictures of that again. And that kind of like sparked it up. I started wheat pasting it and, and like I would get off my shift at like two or 3 a.m. and just walk around the city with, you know, rolled up uh, paper and a bucket full of wheat paste and a roller and just go wheat paste for like an hour. So what is wheat paste? So wheat paste is essentially wallpaper mix. So like Banksy or Shepherd Fairy or Mike Johnson here in Austin, like all like whenever you see like a really intricate kind of painting on something, it's probably not painted. It's probably pre-painted or pre-printed and then they just wallpaper it onto a sign or onto a, a wall or whatever. Okay. And so that's what that one is on the bridge. It's just too three foot oversized prints that you just line up and then you basically sop it in this mixture that's essentially wallpaper mix and you just put it on there and it, and it cements for all practical purposes. So if you think about that's wallpaper, awesome. you can't peel it off and it like seals really well, same idea. 
That's cool. Yeah. So I was just walking around, like putting up hundreds of these, like there's for sure over 500 of these like small, like one inch or uh, one foot, 18 inches, two feet, three feet. You know, the biggest one is like eight feet big now. Um, and this is all in San Diego? Uh, this is all in San Diego, but I was like trying to, I was like bouncing back and forth between Austin. So I would come back, I would wheat paste in Austin, go back to San Diego, wheat paste in San Diego, come back for things. And you had, you had no expectation of what this was going to do. No. You were just like, you know what, I just need to do this. I just knew, well, people started taking pictures of them. And that, like, that was the thing is that I would browse the hashtag or geotags. And this is 2013, yeah. 2014 actually, um, that transition time. And so this was like kind of the beginning of Instagram. So it was like a lot easier to find stuff. The real beginning of the Instagram beginning. when like stories happen and yeah. DMs and all that. Yeah. yeah. And so, um, yeah, this is probably before stories actually for sure. Um, and then, but I, I was able to find people's photos and the captions on them were insane. You know, like people would find it, take a picture and leave like this insane caption about their journey or their career or their health or their family or like death and birth and like all these like really deep, like deep, deep, like human relational captions. And it just was so, it was so fueling to me to see like other people's, like that's like a big thing for me. It's like, I love listening to other people's stories because it fuels my fire. I think that uh, inspiration is contagious. And like when we can sit around a table and like talk and get excited, like if you're excited, I'm excited. And that is, um, it doesn't diminish. It's like a fire, right? It fuels each other and can spread. And so that's what was happening with, with this is like, it was just like spreading to all these people and then they would post it and then other people would comment on it. And so it just created this like really cool buzz, but there was like nothing there. Um, and I've, I eventually started a hashtag or an Instagram page. In the beginning, it was called People and Places. So I, Live a Great Story was actually like a subgroup of a, an overarching brand called People in Places. So it was like PPL, PLCS, right? So it was like People in Places. And so that was for about a month. So I had like that Instagram and my buddy was like, no, no, no. Like, why don't you just keep it all Live a Great Story? Why are you like diluting it? And so he's like, is Live a Great Story available? And I checked on Instagram and like switched it that night. So there was like about a month time where it was something else. And, uh, and so, yeah, I just kind of kept going and and just kept spreading it, you know? And then soon enough, people wanted like photos or they wanted, uh, they started taking photos of it. They wanted stickers. I started, I made stickers, I made buttons. The buttons are really cool because you can just like pay them forward. So I was at the bar and of course there's Live Great Stories all over the city and I would just wear a Live Great Story pin and people would be like, oh, I love your pin. And I would just pass it on, like take it off, pass it on, take it off, pass it on, put on another one. And so everybody was getting like these really cool interactions of like sharing it like person to person. And then they would do the same and it kind of kept like rippling out. And so, yeah, it's just kind of like every, and that was like the beginning of it. And then essentially one day my buddy was like, dude, I think you're onto something here. I was still trying to find a job. I was like kind of thinking that this guerrilla marketing would lead into like a resume of sorts because I had never like had a real resume or real job or anything. <laughs> and so it was like started a business, six months, six months, six months, <laughs> new business, new idea. And, and it just like traveled for seven months, you know, like didn't look good. So of course I wasn't getting any, uh, any sort of hits on a job and, and eventually my buddy was like, dude, you should stick with this. And that was kind of like the first time that I committed to the route um, and stopped looking for a job and just kind of like, like, where is this gonna go from here? That's crazy. And that relates to me a little bit because of the whole sticker thing where you said you could share it. So you know Yes Theory, right? So Ross and a couple of buddies went to uh, 
the yes Siri was speaking at UT here and he had a for the people hat on that cast made and the guy speaking flew in from uh, Sweden to talk and literally said something about for the people he's doing this for the people and Ross like lit up with his hat and Ross ended up giving his hat to this guy right so then thinking nothing of it I gave my I gave the hat to Ross and then Ross gives it to this guy then he's in this video that has over a million views right now where he has this for like famous picture of like four other people in there and it's just super cool because like to me and I like this is where we we intersect is like to me that is way more valuable to me than money like seeing that and just like seeing the impact and the nodes of people that are impacted by different things and different stories means way more to me because at the end of the day like this is how I equate life you can't take the money with you but like stories are forever like we still read stories in history of thousands and thousands and thousands of years so it's pretty cool but when you did decide to stick with it that's almost more scary than just doing what you were doing and I know what this feels like as well because when you're like when you're working on things for just like shits and giggles like there's no pressure it's like oh there's nothing that's going to happen or whatever but once you wanted to double down on it you're like oh crap now what do I do that was that was a huge pain point for me early on in starting a brand now it's a little bit easier you start seeing like you start learning from your failures and you're hanging around people that are sharper and sharper and help guide you in different areas how to monetize things of that nature but in the very beginning it's so much pressure on yourself because we're all like fuck we're broke i don't really have the network that i wish i had i can't travel you've been traveling you're probably like i wish i could travel more not less so what did you kind of like double down on to be like all right this is going to be a thing i got to support myself somehow because that's the biggest trouble for a lot of people is how did you support yourself when you're like all right i need to just start working on this this is my thing this is what we're going to do so I still worked at the bar. So after I kind of made that initial decision, I still worked at a bar for a long time. So I would work, I eventually moved up from the door job and became uh, a bar back. And then I was like, it, they're like one of the best bars in the country. They've won best bar in the country awards like twice, I think. And so they're a very prestigious bar. And so to be a bartender there, you have to be like committed, like really part of the craft. Yeah. So I got trained you know, by the, the owner of the bar and like, he's really well respected, but I had to make, I made a decision. I was like, I don't want to go down this route. Like I'm going to, I'm going to stay a bar back and not have to like fill my head with all these recipes and all yeah. this, like whatever, and just stick to live. And so I was like working at the bar, you know, in the afternoon, evenings, whatever. And then from there, uh, I would spend pretty much all day in coffee shops. So I'd coffee shop all day, bar back all night and I was just like that was like my day of spending you know trying to figure out like building the website and you know social media and products and ordering stuff and and just like seeing and then store you know in the very beginning we were doing a lot of story stuff too like just trying to figure out how to like community things you know like how do we get people together how do we like make, get this out there in cool ways I was still wheat pasting I was still like you know making we printed the shirts in the beginning and then I had to figure out how to make more shirts. So I think the coolest thing like we're talking about is that inertia of like movement. Whenever you kind of commit to something like you're talking about, like when you're like, this is my thing, you're, you know, obviously at that point, obstacles set in, right? And like the obstacle is the way, like once you like, once you like commit to a route and it becomes hard, it's like going through that journey and like continuing down that route and, um, and really seeing where it goes. But it was just sticking to it and, and really 
like continuing to see where it would lead. I think that's the coolest part about life is like none of us know anywhere where it's going, right? Like you would have asked yourself two years ago, would you be here now? Maybe like bits and pieces of it, but far beyond. 99% hell Exactly. And that's like a never thing for anybody. Like anybody that you think is successful of any sort, however you define success, like it doesn't, like it never looked like this to them in the beginning. And so, um, but what like really happened was like, I was still like kind of like trying to figure out what happened. So I had that initial commitment and then my grandfather ended up passing away and he was like a kind of an important figure in my life. And he was a, kind of the guy that like always went for it. Like he was successful, <clears throat> risked, risked, risked it again, successful, risked it again, like over and over. And so when he passed away, it kind of like gave me that energy. It's like this weird energy transfer. And like when he passed away, I was like, I'm fucking in, you know, like I'm going to do this until I cannot anymore. Like this is a forever thing and I'm going to just not ever stop. This is the route and there's no other route. Cause before then I was, I built all these different businesses. I was trying to build businesses. I was blogging. I was creative. I was doing all this stuff. So like super shiny object syndrome, right? Yeah. And you know, my parents and my, everybody's like, oh, there's another project. Like there's another thing. Like, what are you going to decide? You know, you didn't go to college. What are you doing? Like you know, all this, and so it was always like this kind of wishy-washy thing, and so, but when that happened, I was like, no more, like, no more shiny object syndrome, like, this is it, like, give this a hundred million percent until, like, you either die or, like, you can't anymore, right, and it's just like, and so, anyway, ever since then, that's, like, was this kind of flagpole, like, stake in the ground of, like, there's not another route, you know, and it's just, like, keep figuring it out, and then really enjoying the route. So that's, that's interesting because do you think that you needed that biting on everything? Because one of the questions that I was get questioned on was you're doing too much or you're, you're trying to do too much. You're all over the place is what a lot of people, but I equate it to like, you have to do that until you find what it is that you want to give a million percent to, because there's, I don't know if you've ever read the book essentialism, but he literally talks about how the entrepreneurs that truly fail are the ones that, create something and then stick with it because they think they need to stick with it because they created it versus typically the ones that over the course of like 25 to 50 year time frame win are the ones that like they create, 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 but they drop things just as fast as they create things. And then they finally find that thing that it's like, I want to give a million percent to this. So in your own personal story, do you think that that was a hundred percent necessary for you to get to that point? A hundred percent. And for me, I think it's really, it's really, I think a superpower of mine, like the reason I was doing all that was because of ideas. So like ideation and like vision is for sure my superpower. And so that was just a manifestation of it in an early stage where it hadn't matured yet. Um, and so I had to go through all that. And then it, I collected so many lessons through that. Like I built four or five websites, you know, I had written probably 150 blog posts. I had edited videos and done stuff. I had, you know, um, street street marketing like guerrilla marketing yeah, yeah guerrilla marketing i had done that before in other ways and so by the time that it all kind of like all these lessons resulted in live a great story i had collected all this experience that more or less like supercharged the beginning of live a great story and so i had i had already been there so i was like oh this is gonna work and i was like Brrr, and i like did things that i had already experienced so i was able to flow through them really quickly um but also still like we still, I still have shiny object syndrome even within Live A Great Story. Yeah. So it's like, 
and we we try stuff all the time. I've had two two podcasts, you know. I've done videos a bunch of times. We've done all sorts of like events. We've done all this stuff, and I think it's I think it's just like part of the journey. And and I don't think like and that's my route. Like I choose to do that. I know that some people might look at it as like flaky or non-committal or you know wishy-washy or whatever. Um, but it's like, I actually like really enjoy that. And, and it, I think that that's what's led Live a Great Story to become what it's become is like just having fun with it. Each of those steps is a blast, right? And even though maybe, you know, this idea didn't work out, you could say, I failed at the podcast. I failed at the second podcast. We failed at these events. We failed at this. We failed at this. It's like, that's just like a perspective though. Like we just tried a bunch of things and we're able to collect these experiences that resulted in yeah, learning experience. Maybe you failed if you were like, I want to get a million people on my podcast. But if your goal wasn't to do that in the first place and it was just to try a podcast, then you hit your goal. And that's where, again, like going back to you being the bar, the the guy at the entry to the bar and then the bar back, it's self-awareness and understanding that like you're going to have to at times do shit you don't even want to do, even in your own business. So it's like, that. I think that's another struggle that people have a lot of my clients because they're they all work part-time and then they side hustle and getting them to switch that perspective of like look you need this job to support your dream there's just no other way so when you go into work don't think about it like so you're a barback right you don't think about being a barback as i'm going to be in the bar for the rest of my life you think of it as like i'm going to wear my button sticker and then every person i get to talk to gets to see this new side hustle so when you go in thinking like that it changes your mindset and you're like actually happy going to work because you're like shit this 200 dollars i'm going to make tonight i'm really going to relay right into my business which actually fuels me and if i didn't have this 200 dollars, this side thing wouldn't even exist so then once you get to that point of oh shit i can flip into the actual business then it gets even a little bit more stressful because you're like shiny object syndrome in all of your businesses like okay well this is my baby now and i gotta feed it if i take money out of it i don't it's not gonna grow right but then i'm also could die so it's like that that syndrome of like do you keep the father or the kid or whatever so how did you handle as soon as like you did start monetizing like and you're doing all these different things how did that get you to where you're kind of at today? So that was like 2014, 2015. So you've tried podcast shirts, a whole bunch of different things, ambassador programs. How did that help you dial into like where you want to go today? Talk a little bit about where you're at today, the conference coming up, and then maybe a little bit about what's after the conference and where you're trying to go now that you have all this experience. Yeah, I mean, pretty much from the jump, it was always products, stories, and real life like and, and in the beginning and still is a monumental undertaking to be able to build all three of those verticals which are kind of all businesses in themselves right and even sub businesses within these businesses so um i think there was misplaced focus in in monetizing some of those it's like you know you look at like certain media companies and you're like oh we could totally become that you know we could totally become like a positive bias or we could totally become like a good version of this something or you know whatever we but at what cost at what cost yeah and then or we could be you know we could have a big conference or we could whatever and so um what ended up happening was like all those routes like we were just doing i was doing a lot of stuff and like people would come on and we would try stuff and but the like real monetization was net like it 
it wasn't directly proportionate to the amount of effort. So we were putting our effort, like lots and lots and lots and lots of effort into media, storytelling, whatever it was, or events, or the community, or whatever, but it wasn't monetizing. So it wasn't finding our, like, our best product market fit, I guess, for like how to monetize what we were doing. So, you know, it seems kind of intuitive. You're like, oh, you have this cool message, just put it on a bunch of stuff and sell it really far and wide, right? And that wasn't like really always the case. And not until um, very recently has that been like, we can sell this across the board. You know, anything that is cool, we can put a live a great story on and sell it just as well as anybody else. Um, and so um, I think it's just been a route of like, and that it took so much trial and error within that. And I think that, you know, it was like, I left my job too early. Like that job at, in San Diego, I, I worked there for X amount of time. And then I left and I still couldn't, I, we hadn't monetized very well. We still weren't doing stuff. I was like Airbnb my house and sleeping in my car because I couldn't pay the rent otherwise, right? Because we just hadn't figured it out yet. And like lots of scenarios like that on the ride of like, well, we probably shouldn't have done that. Like did this too early. Um, you know, we tried in whole, wholesaling in person or like, you know, setting up farmer's market booths and it was just not working, you know, and like, like tons of stuff. And so, um, it's really just been a journey to figure out like how do we take this idea that started with red spray paint on a wall, right? And said live a great story and people liked it. How do we take that and build it into something that can change the world, that can really inspire people and like impact people? And how can we monetize it to support a company that can support its employees and pay people good money to use their superpowers to inspire people? And so it's really just been a lot of trial and error to get to this point. And so for sure, like the background still of our business is products. We sell a bunch of products online. It's all e-com. Um, we do decent storytelling here and there. The ACL video you talked about was an example. We do the great stories like long form content. We're gearing up on better influencer stories, um, community stories from the community, like different things. And so it's, it's really still figuring that out. And then now after like 50 different events and experiences that we put on, now the conference is coming to life in its own way. And so that kind of puts us to where we're at, but really for the long term, it's taking those three ideas of like cool products, telling good stories and hanging out in person. And like, how can we just do that bigger and better forever, right? Like that's like really the backbone of and it all. I think, so you're, you're at the point where you're, you're selling a bunch of products and I think it's just good karma. It's, you did all these things in the communities and telling stories and while you didn't monetize them necessarily, you're monetizing now because you put off all that energy and they see the community and they see what you've done. They see that you're the real deal. And I think that's a learning lesson for a lot of entrepreneurs out there is like so many people try to monetize from the get-go without building that momentum and that energy and then they get butt hurt and then literally quit versus what you did was build this community digitally and physically and then now my belief is that karma is coming back to then allow you to do things that are even bigger and better, which is this conference. So tell a little bit about how you thought of the conference, why you want to do it, and then what the people there can expect, the ones that are showing up. Yeah, I mean, I think the conference is the personification of that karma you're talking about because when people that believe in Live a Great Story, they believe in the vision of moving forward in their own story, you know, owning their story, being the hero of their story, 
and really moving through that version for themselves and you have a bunch of people doing that together, the impact of that can be massive. And so really the conference came out of like, yes, digital is cool. Yes, we have Instagram. Yes, we have Facebook. But like, let's hang out in person and let's get a bunch of like-minded people that are moving down that journey. They're building something. They're creative. They want to make a difference. They want to live a great story. Let's put them in a house, create some learning experiences that can connect people like in small group, um, small groups so they can really discuss things. Because I don't think learning happens just like writing down notes. Like you don't just like passively ingest information and like learn. I think it happens when you ingest, you regurgitate, you share, Practice. you listen, yeah. you talk, you work through stuff, you have to think about things, understand how you feel about it, share openly. You know, that whole experience is really what the conference is all about. Because if we can get, you know, people that are all building businesses or all health focused or want to have good relationships or want to have good finance, personal finance or want to, you know, build a community. If we can get people that are like-minded in those kind of verticals talking with each other and like really working through what they're trying to do together, then the the connections that that forms can result in so much of a bigger vision when everybody does it together. And I think that that's why Austin's awesome. That's how we met. We met over coffee like two years ago at Whole Foods and now we're working together for the conference, you know, and it's like, this is just like phase, you know, one or like 1.4 or whatever, right? But like think about in two years or four years or 10 years from now, like what that looks like. And, and so we just want to kind of take that idea and just start now. Like let's just pack this house, get a bunch of cool people together and see what happens. And, and really, I think you can't go wrong when you have authentic energy, good um, optimism and like vision and um, like aligned people and like aligned mentality. And you just can and like create an environment for people to connect it's going to result in some badass shit. <laughs> yeah, and it, uh, like I love what you said there about just connecting people. You put I I say a lot like put smart people in a room and like good things are going to happen. And I don't mean smart as in like you got to be super intelligent or super know-how. I mean smart as in people that want to participate and want to bring good vibes and don't complain and are in it for the right reasons. Um, and that's what I think like to me this conference is like the biggest legit mastermind that Austin has ever had. That's how I view it. And like any retreat or anything that I've put on always started as like, let's just get 10 people in a room and riff ideas. And this was a little bit more put together, obviously, because it's a little bit bigger. Um, but at the end of the day, it's literally like, let's get 10 people doing workshops and then see what happens. And then the real kicker is like what happens the momentum that happens afterwards. So have you even thought about like, cause it is a heavy task doing what you're doing about to do which two weeks out we're about to be there um have you even thought about the aftermath of it or where you want to go what you want to do or has it just been like all troops focused on october 26th yeah well so definitely all you know hands on deck for october 26th but you actually had brought up a while ago the idea of like the follow-ups so on in the beginning of december which is about a month and a couple weeks a couple days after the conference we're gonna reconvene for for a, like a, another like boost for everything that happened during the conference. So we're gonna realign, get everybody. A lot of the conference workshops are designed for um, action steps. So you're gonna take action on site, and then you're gonna leave with a plan. And so for the conference, a lot of it is like a month plan or like five weeks, six week plan. And so a month later, we're gonna go hang out somewhere. Everybody can come back meet up at a house and talk about what you decided for you know your personal finance did you stick with your budget 
Did you stick with your morning routine? Did you stick with your relationship um, plan, your MVP for your relationship, like whatever that is. And so we can align people a month later, give them another boost. And it also happens to be right around the time for Christmas, uh, for New Year's. So you'll have another month to prep for New Year's and then really kick New Year's off with the start. And so um, that's really the vision, I mean, for what we're trying to move towards here in Austin is taking the energy of the conference and being able to do that um, underneath the Live a Great Story umbrella with other people uh, in physical spaces moving forward. So like I talked about, we're gonna get a store and an HQ, you know, like our offices and kind of an event space is hopefully a part of that where we can host these like follow-up meetings, we can host other people's events. So people that are like organizing, rallying people, they wanna host a workshop, they wanna host, you know, a, a meetup, they wanna do something fun, like we'll have a space to offer that to people so that we can just uh, keep creating these collisions between like-minded people and um, I think you can't go wrong with that here in Austin I mean everybody wants to be a part of something cool everybody's like wanting to support other people's vision there's a very camaraderie um, like-minded you know one of a kind man. energy yeah it's crazy and it's like if we can just do that in person like face to face and sit across the table or with people that are aligned like that's gonna change the world yeah, and I, there's there's no doubt in my mind that it's going to happen, but we got to work towards wrapping up here. I know you got a call coming up, and I don't want to be the reason that you're late. So last thing that I'm going to ask of you is just to list off a couple of the actual workshops that are hap happening there so that anybody that's listening to this can understand maybe this is for them or it's not for them, how they can apply, and where they can find and connect with you. Yeah, so if you go to livergreatstory.com, it's going to be at the header, so it's the main thing. You can click there. Um, you can see all the workshops that are happening, but they're about half business, half life. So we have like, you're leading like a business foundations one, we have a video marketing one, um, we have a community, like how to build a community one, um, personal finance, we have a very badass relationships one, Fayez and Heather, I think that's the one I'm most excited about. So that's for couples only. Um, we have a social impact discussion, uh, focus that's going to be with some cool people around town that are pretty successful and they're you know focusing on making an impact so that's a very cool one um, we have a how to build your morning routine with the MSW Slenderella crew so they're gonna be leading like a very cool 30-day plan to start a morning routine um, and uh, I think I'm probably missing a couple other ones. Um, you just know too many badass people. Yeah. So. <laughs> I just feel so grateful for like to be able to do this, and like for sure, all the people that are coming to this are the reason that I'm where I'm at. That Live a Great Story is where it's at. That I have the energy and support in my day to day life is because I just am so grateful to know so many badass people, and like you're definitely part of that. You have a big crew that's part of that. Our crew of people, like our extended circles supports everybody and there's so much badass stuff happening in that energy and it's like I want to assemble all those people that are already a part of it but also create an environment that is magnetic that attracts those people that are just outside of it because like a lot of this is the connections it's relationships and, and there's people that we run into all around town that we don't know yet that are sitting at a Whole Foods they're sitting at Greater Good they're sitting at these different coffee shops they're at the trail running or whatever at the gym and it's like if we can just create an atmosphere where like that one-to-one -one, like cj invites this person that i don't know then that creates this energy where we can connect and then i can connect them with the person that i brought so that's like really the idea of like small intimate one-to-one -one, one degree connections with like cool learning and and really just like badass community that's awesome 
Where can people find you directly? So my the best place is probably on Instagram. My name is Common Vandal. It comes from the Austin American Statesman did a article on me, <laughs> and uh, someone a couple weeks later wrote in to the um, like editorial section, and they're like so pissed off at the Austin American Statesman like highlighted this guy and the quote the direct quote I think his name was something Russell, um, but he uh, he's like I can't believe you wrote a glowing article about a common vandal. And uh, I, and I always like reference that, and people are like, "Dude, that's the best like mixtape name ever!" And so eventually, um, switched over like my personal brand to Common Vandal. So hit me up on IG, say what's up, and um, or on Instagram. I live great stories. Definitely like the best place to say hi. I see everything on there, and um, love hanging out with people on on social. But definitely come hang out in person and be a part of the action because I think that's where like the real magic happens. Hell yeah! So if you're listening to this. Find Zach at Common Vandal on Instagram or at Live a Great Story. I'm telling you, this is a dude that you're going to want to grab coffee with. If you're in Austin, or at least DM, shoot an email to and connect with. If you're outside of Austin, he's up to amazing things. And I'm super, super hyped that I get to speak at your conference in two weeks. So anybody out there, again, uh, go apply at livergreatstory.com. Come slash hang out with slash conference. Um, yeah, livergreatstory.com slash conference. Come hang out with us. We'd love to connect with you. And we love to just inspire you to live your best story. So hope hope all of you have a wonderful Monday and the rest of your week. Thrive on.